0: Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health Show. My guest for this episode is Dr. Karen Dunstan. She is a board-certified OVGYN whose own health struggles prompted her to transition into integrative and functional medicine a few years ago. Since then, she's been dedicating her work to helping women address menopause in a holistic manner. In this episode, Dr. Karen shares with us how she lost over 100 pounds and discovered the root of her health challenges including fibromyalgia and various hormonal imbalances. There are so many issues in this episode related to women's health that she and I touch upon that I'm certain it'll be a real eye-opener for many of you. Now, before we go on to today's episode, let me share with you something that we've just started doing here on The Highwood Health. Because of the amazing guests that we've had, we wanted to collect their knowledge and distill it into different infographics and PDF summaries so you can have something more tangible to sink your teeth into from each episode. And instead of having you follow a different link to download the resources of each episode, we've put all of those goodies in our Highway to Health Vault of Goodies. Yep, our vault is a free directory where you can log in and see each episode with its main topic and access to whatever goodies we have associated with it. You can also watch the video for each episode there, download the transcript, and get everything else that our amazing guests share with us after we record each episode. To sign up, just head on over to doctoreshow forward slash goodies, or just click or tap on the link in this episode's description. But in any case, I don't want to keep you any longer. Here is my conversation with Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Remember, you are on the highway to health, and I'm your guide to get
1: you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the Stem Cell Guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the to
0: Health Show. Joining me today is Dr. Kieran Dunstan. I was sharing a little bit about her background during our introduction, and instead of doing that whole thing again, I'm just going to say obviously hi to her, welcome to her show, and why don't you share with our listeners a little bit more about you.
2: Sure. So I am a board certified OBGYN, but I don't practice that anymore. I'm actually trained in functional medicine and I practice holistic women's health. I love women's health across the lifespan, but I have a particular passion for helping women navigate menopause naturally.
0: That's amazing. And what made you go into functional integrative medicine?
2: Great question. So as a board-certified OBGYN, I delivered thousands of babies. I did hysterectomies and pap smears and helped women with their everyday health concerns for many, many years, and yet my health was suffering. So at one point, I weighed 243 pounds. I suffered with chronic fatigue where I mostly slept and worked. I had something called fibromyalgia where I had pain all over my body that was unexplained. I had anxiety. I had depression. My hair was falling out. I had no sex drive and really wasn't living life at all. And everything that I knew to do as a board certified OBGYN couldn't fix me or figure out what was wrong and get me better. And I noticed the same types of issues among my patients and really had become discouraged with the medicine that I practiced and realized that we weren't really helping people to achieve true health. We were just managing disease. And for instance, with the uterus, when there were female menstrual problems or ovarian problems, we would give various drugs to control symptoms, and then we'd end up doing a hysterectomy. And although that got rid of the symptoms they were having, it never really helped them achieve true health. And the same was true for me. So I was in a very kind of helpless, disillusioned place. And for my own health, I thought, if this is what life is going to be, I really don't know that I want to live it at one point. And then I discovered something called functional medicine, which is a form of holistic natural treatment that actually treats the root causes of disease and dysfunction and symptoms so that all of the symptoms get better and actually restores the body to a place of vitality, which is something that the mainstream medicine I practice wasn't about. And so when I discovered this, I started using it to treat myself and it worked and I started losing weight and I started having energy and my hair started growing back and my depression and anxiety lifted and oh my gosh, I had a sex drive. So I had this complete turnaround and it was a journey. This really to complete health took me about two years. But then my patients who were suffering with the same problems started seeing the changes in me and said, hey, what are you doing? Because I want that. So I started doing it with them. They got the same wonderful results because this type of medicine works. And after a few years, I basically decided I couldn't practice traditional medicine anymore because I wasn't in integrity. And so I retired from OBGYN in 2011 and really haven't looked back. This is what I'm passionate about helping women with. And I'm really passionate about getting the word out that there is an alternative to traditional medicine in your doctor's office. And that's why I wrote my book. It's why I started the podcast, Her Brilliant Health. And it's why I love coming on podcasts. Podcasts like yours, because now hopefully your listeners will hear something that's going to help them to transition from a disease management model to one that's going to actually help them create true vitality in their life.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. And we're seeing more and more physicians actually go through this, this enchantment of the traditional medical Practice, And for many reasons, and a lot of the times it is because it's become very bureaucratic and because whatever you want, but the main, main, main reason a lot of them are switching and are changing careers almost is because they realize that they're really not safekeeping health. They are trying to mitigate and control disease, and that's really not serving anyone.
2: It's not. It's very expensive. And it's not creating true vitality. It's not helping people heal. It's just managing their symptoms and mitigating damage. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Mainstream traditional medical care is wonderful in an acute care setting for emergencies. You want it for that. If you have appendicitis, you want surgery. You don't want herbs. That's not going to fix it. So there is a time and a place for all aspects. But when it comes to chronic disease management, chronic care, that's where the bulk of the expense in our healthcare system goes is managing high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, depression, anxiety, all these chronic problems that we're all suffering with. And that the model that we have is just not sustainable. It's really a business model. Pharmaceutical companies are making money. Insurance companies are making money. And physicians and hospital systems are making money. But who's suffering is all of us because we're all patients in that system. We're not Getting off medications, we're not getting rid of these diseases, and all of these are perfectly reversible diabetes, high blood pressure. I call it the American trilogy <laughs> diabetes high blood pressure, high cholesterol. They're perfectly reversible in a lot of cases, in many cases. And why aren't we treating the root cause of these problems so that people actually don't have these diseases anymore? They don't need medications. And then they sidestep all the complications of having these diseases for 5, 10, 20, 30, or more years, which includes the high cancer rate that we have because cancer feeds off of sugar and inflammation, which is related to these root cause problems. So really the system that we have is broken and it's imploding and it'll be interesting to see how that exactly plays out over the next few years, so many physicians are transitioning to this model because they're seeing the same issues day in and day out with their patients. And if they're at all conscious, then they're paying attention and saying something's not right here. And most of the physicians who practice this type of medicine, I find, had health problems themselves that they couldn't fix in mainstream medicine, or they had a family member or a loved one with health challenges that couldn't be solved in the mainstream. So they went seeking elsewhere and seek and you shall find, and then you find this and you say, oh my gosh, I didn't know what I didn't know.
0: Exactly. And I think you just hit it right there. Because what I've seen the commonality almost that I've seen in pretty much every physician that has gone into this type of practice is that that they had their own health challenges. And obviously, you would think they have access to the right medical care, they have access to their friends, their colleagues, they can get the right care and still they're not achieving health and then it's just a matter of realizing and seeing well if i can't help myself if the traditional medicine cannot help me in this position this is exactly the same thing that my patients are going through and this is the exact same experience because what you said earlier about you know pharmaceutical companies making money and the hospital system and the insurance system uh, making money in reality i think the problem there is not that they're making money i think the problem is that because people cannot get off medications, they are not becoming healthy, they're not thriving. We are getting used to as patients, because you very well said it, we're all patients in the system. We're getting used to as patients to simply just decline with age. And we see that as normal, we see that as expected, and we just hope that it's not too serious too fast. But in reality, that shouldn't be the case.
2: Right, absolutely. And I think that it has to do with our cultural expectations as a worldwide community. We have been trained to believe that health is something you acquire at the physician's office when nothing could be farther from the truth. And we've abdicated responsibility for our health to a system that we don't realize doesn't necessarily have our best interest at heart. And it's also about how we're educated and trained and and what we're trained to believe. I was talking with someone the other day about the difference in health where how I grew up and then my ex-husband's family and just how those expectations and values really outpicture through the lifespan, including at end of life. And whereas in my family, my parents they didn't want a pill. If they got sick, my mom we used to call her granola Jerry, her name's Jerry. And when my sister and I would get sick, she would make us sweat out of fever and give us herbs like golden seal and echinacea. And the last thing she would do is take us to the doctor. And yet she went for regular preventative care like dental care and cleanings, and it was drilled into us to take care of what you can take care of and really only go to the doctor when you have to. Whereas my ex-husband's family, it was completely the opposite. If you had a sniffle, you had to go to the doctor because you needed something to make you better. Right. You needed a shot, you needed antibiotics, you need steroids, you need something. And they didn't go for preventative care because I guess uh, there was this basic fear and so they didn't go for dental care because the doctor might tell me I need a tooth pulled. Well, of course, if you don't go to the dentist and then you end up having a toothache and you go to the dentist, you're probably going to need a tooth pulled (laughs) because you didn't take care of it. And just at end of life, how when my father died, he was diagnosed with brain cancer and basically chose minimal care and hospice and really died a very peaceful death in his own bedroom at home, whereas my ex's in-laws both died in the hospital with tubes coming out of every orifice. And so it's just a whole different, that really highlighted for me how the values, and I call it our health blueprint that we are imprinted with based on our ancestors and what we've learned and our parents growing up. And so many of us, because of the epidemics that have happened in the last century and the miracles that have been brought to us through healthcare with penicillin and the advent of antibiotics, many lives were saved. So we've come to believe that that's the holy grail, and we've really discarded what many of the ancestral cultures in this world have preserved for thousands of years that have used herbs and food and emotional healing and spiritual healing to instill health so i'm really a proponent of well why did we throw all of that out we need to incorporate everything and use all of the tools we have and that's what i like to say about how i practice medicine now is that i have this ginormous toolbox sure i can give you an antibiotic if you need one i can give you a steroid i can use a drug But I have a toolbox that's so immense and includes, I don't know how many plant medicines and vitamins and minerals and foods and spiritual healing and emotional healing. And really all of that was just thrown out. And so I'm really about educating people about that. There's so much more that you can use to actually heal the root causes and create true health for yourself.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I trained in age management medicine before I got into anti-aging and regenerative medicine and ended up doing stem cell treatments for a long time. But really my background and the foundation for all of that work has always been preventative medicine and has always been lifestyle modifications and nutrition and all those things as really the basis for health. And then, like you very well said at the beginning, you use all those I don't want to say Westernized, but more like traditional medical tools for acute care because, you know, I'm a cancer survivor and I had a lymphoma and I was already going through med school. And the reason I came through on the other side of that and almost 20 years ago now was because I had access to these pharmaceuticals, chemotherapy and radiation and all those things. So I'm eternally grateful for that. But I think the problem lies within what you've just mentioned the fact that we tend to forget everything else, like, oh, great, we just found this. So now everything else is outdated, is useless, is woo-woo, doesn't work, we cannot see it, doesn't have this foundation. So why do you think, with the mounting evidence that we're seeing right now, why do you think there's still so much rejection of all these different modalities amongst physicians? I'm not even going to go into pharmaceuticals because it obviously goes against their business model. But amongst your peers, my peers, the traditional practicing physicians, why do you think they still discard many of these things?
2: Well, I look at how I practiced medicine after I became board certified and had a very successful OBGYN practice, and I had been certified by the American Board of Obstetricians and Gynecologists saying that I knew more about women's health than anybody else in the world, and if you believe that you know more than anybody else about a subject, then there's no reason to entertain outside information that contradicts or doesn't align with what you've been taught. I call it contempt prior to investigation. And I definitely had that, even though I was raised by a very holistic mother who introduced me, and I like to say that she planted the seeds for my eventual return to a holistic way of practicing. I went off to medical school and I told her, mother, we heal with steel. That's what I really told her (laughs) because I believed that. And so I think that that's probably true for most physicians. I think that we're all very well-intentioned human beings. We want to help people. We have a love of science and a love of how the body functions. And we want to learn everything about it so that we can help alleviate human suffering. And yet we're told before we go down this path that this is the path you need to take to know all there is to know about healing and health. And if you never question that, and you lose that kind of beginner's mind and scientific inquiry and observation, and you abdicate your own trust of self and what you observe to this higher authority, this higher power, then you really stop questioning And I thank God, you know, I've always been a questioner. I've always, I'm ultimately a truth seeker. And so, yes, I learned all of that, but I pay attention to what's going on. And I would look at my patients and I would even say to my colleagues sometime, do you think that we're really helping anyone get healthy? And there's one woman who always sticks in my mind when this subject comes up, because I had seen her initially just for some female problems and weight issues and had given her what i was taught to give her which is birth control pills and if that one doesn't work we'll give another one if that one doesn't work well then maybe you do a laparoscopy and oh she has some ovarian cysts and maybe you take out some of those cysts maybe you end up taking out an ovary well ultimately her problems never really went away. They just shape shifted. And she ended up with a complete hysterectomy and both ovaries out. But she just kept getting fatter and fatter and more overweight and more overweight. And oh, then she can't sleep and her energy's not right. And no, oh, her sex drive isn't good. And then she's diagnosed with prediabetes and her blood pressure is borderline. And it just kept mounting. And she'd always <coughs> just kept coming and saying, I don't feel good. There was always just new complaints. And sure, I'd medicalize her and give her a sleeping pill and give her an antidepressant. And this is what I was taught was symptom, drug, symptom, drug, symptom, drug. And if that doesn't work, is there a surgery that would fix it? And over a decade that I worked with her, I really got to the point that I would say to colleagues, I just don't think we're helping anyone because my idea of when I went to medical school to learn how to help people heal was that people would be restored to Health And they would not need medications and they would get to an optimum weight and they would have a healthy vitality and sleep and energy and sex drive. And that was definitely not happening. And my colleagues would look at me like, I'm crazy. Of course, we help people. Of course, we help people. And then when my own health really started to suffer, and I couldn't fix myself and help myself, that's when I really got to this place about what am I missing? What are we missing? Because we're missing something. Because this is not, there are people who are living on this earth who aren't living this way with these health challenges. And so what is it that we're not doing that they're doing? And it actually was a patient who introduced me to this because I had been working with her. She went away for a year and came back looking like a new woman. And I saw her down at the end of the hall and I saw her skin and her hair and her face. And I immediately was dry. said, what have you been doing? Because you look completely different. And she said, I went to a doctor who practices this type of medicine called functional medicine. And so I love to tell this story because she brought me the book that introduced her to it It was by Suzanne Summers. who's a big, she's the speaker for the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, where I was trained. And I took the book home and she gave it to me to read. And I took it home and I was married at the time. And I said, I'm not reading this book. You know, it's by Chrissy on three's company and I'm board certified OBGYN. What's she going to teach me? Right, So that arrogance is so common among us. I was guilty of it too. And then finally, one day I picked it up and read it because I was in bed when I wasn't working and it was a Saturday and my kids came in and said, oh, we're going to the movies, which they knew not to invite me because they knew the answer was going to be no. So we'll be back. And I said, well, let me just pick it up and read it so I can give it back to her and say thank you politely and take that off my to-do list. And it was wonderful because she really used her celebrity as a vehicle to bring this revolutionary, vital information on holistic healing to the general public. And it wasn't her opinion about anything. It was her interviewing scientists and physicians in this field. And it harkened back to the basic physiology and biochemistry that I had learned in medical school. And so we all have a truth meter. We know the truth, right? When we see it, when we hear it. And I knew when I was reading this and they were talking about testing women's hormones, which I had no frame of reference for because even though we test everything in medicine, we don't check women's hormones, it's not standard of care. And so when she was talking about, well, you can measure these things, but there's special ways you need to do it, you need to do it in saliva or urinary metabolites or various other ways, then you can evaluate them. And then you can give biologically identical replacement if needed, for instance, in menopause, when the body's ability to make substantial levels of most of these sex hormones goes away. And I knew it was true. And I'm saying, why did no one teach me this? I felt so deceived and betrayed. I finished that book in one day because it was riveting, because it was the truth I had been seeking and asking for and praying for, but I didn't know what to call it and I didn't know that it existed. And so at the end of that day, I had hope, which I hadn't had in a long time. And I said, oh, my gosh, I know this is true. And I'm going to use it on myself to heal myself. And if that's true and it works, oh, boy, <laughs> look out, right? Because I'm going to help everyone I can with this information.
0: That's great. And it took you how long for you to like really turn your health around?
2: Well, it was really a journey of about two years because I just started one thing at a time. And so I learned about salivary hormone testing, which I, again, had no frame of reference for. And I did the test on myself. And I learned about the right way to evaluate the thyroid. So I had checked my thyroid at least 10 times by standard medical tests. And it was quote, unquote, normal. But when I did the right tests, and I read them the right way, I had hypothyroidism. And I did salivary hormone testing for sex hormones and for cortisol. I never learned about salivary cortisol testing, and the four point cortisol and how it has that diurnal variation. So it's higher in the morning, and then it has to come down for you to sleep. Well, I did that on myself, I had a flat line. And so I was living and surviving, but that's all I was doing. I wasn't really at optimum health. And so that was my chronic fatigue. So as I would do these tests, I then started addressing them with natural hormones, changing what I ate and vitamins and minerals and lifestyle change. Then I would learn about another test. So then my health started improving just with those initial few things. And then I learned about gut health and the importance of that. And I learned about food sensitivity testing. Well, I had always been taught there's just allergies and you have to do the injection test. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. So I did food sensitivity tests. I learned about functional stool testing and I did that and had a myriad problems on that. And so I started to remove the foods that I was sensitive to like gluten and dairy, which are highly inflammatory. And I started working with my gut and then my health really started improving. So i like to say I was like Hansel and Gretel following the breadcrumb trail. I would learn, I would do it on myself, I'd address it and slowly but surely. But after two years, I had lost 100 pounds and was off all the medications and I looked 20 years younger. People didn't recognize me. I'd walk in the mall and I'd see someone I knew and I'd just say hi and they wouldn't say anything. And then I'd get 20 feet past them and they would stop and turn around and go, Karen, is that you? Oh my gosh, I didn't recognize you. And I really haven't looked back since. So...
0: That's great. And you know what's surprising is that from everything that you just shared with us, yours is not an isolated case. You just had kind of like the foundational work done as a physician to be able to understand and grab all these new concepts and start applying them onto yourself. But how often do you see this? How often did you see this as a practicing O V G Y N in your office with everyday women?
2: every day, all day long. This is what we are suffering from. If you've got seeming female problems, you have painful, heavy periods, irregular periods, if you're having perimenopause symptoms, or if you have PCOS, if you have infertility, if you are in menopause, if you're having mental disorders, anxiety, depression, irritability, ADD, ADHD, if you're having gut problems, IBS, if you're having Crohn's, ulcerative colitis, if you're having skin problems, eczema, psoriasis, whatever the health problems are that you're having, they all are because you have root cause problems that are not being addressed. And my root causes are number one is hormone balance. So you've got some hormone imbalances going on. You've got toxicity that includes inflammation as a form of toxicity in your body that's not being addressed. And a lot of that comes from the gut from gastrointestinal system. You've got nutritional deficiencies. 70% of Americans have nutritional deficiencies. If you have health problems, it's more like 90%. And mental, emotional, spiritual, or what I like to call energetic imbalances in your energy body. And so every person I used to see in my office who had any complaint suffering from some degree of one or more of those imbalances that is not being addressed and diagnosed by mainstream medicine. Because if you think about health as a tree and the leaves and branches are the symptoms of the tree, so you may have gynecologic symptoms, you may have dermatologic symptoms, gastrointestinal symptoms, those are different branches on the top of the tree. But if you go down the trunk to the roots, then that's where the hormonal imbalances are, the toxicity, inflammation. And so every day I would see people with leaf and branch problems, and I'm treating it up here. Oh, take this sleeping medicine, take this antidepressant. That might be stopping the symptom. It's not fixing the root cause. And when you fix the root causes, all of the leaves and branches get better. And so... I like to help people understand that you've got to address these root causes and that when you do, it fixes all of the leaves. And when I work with people in my group program that I do administer virtually, I love doing this because initially they'll say, well, I've got weight problems, I've got hot flashes, I've got depression, and each person has their own unique picture of what their health blueprint looks like, and how their symptoms out picture. And then we go down to the roots. And when we heal the roots, usually not only those symptoms improve, but then they'll say, oh, I didn't even realize, but you know, I've had this acne problem as an adult. And oh my gosh, that got better too. And so it's really a changing. I saw a woman recently who I worked with, and she had weighed something like 350 pounds. And I worked with her a few years ago. And then she kind of got the concepts and we did all the testing that I did and she started addressing them and she's been working on her own. And I didn't even recognize her because she's down to less than 200 pounds at this point. And she was just saying all the medications that she was able to get off of. And she really had the expectation that I was only going to help her with her weight, but she's so surprised by everything else that the work we did together has helped her. And she says, you know, everything that you taught me, I still use every day. And that's why I became a physician. I didn't become a physician for someone to see me in the mall and say, hey, that antidepressant you gave me. Well, guess what? I've been on it for five years and I had to add another one this past year because my depression, you know, that's not why I became a physician. I became a physician to help people heal get off medications, and to empower them to give them the tools. I say that women need, and men too, knowledge, tools, and support so that you can be empowered to take this information and use it to navigate your health journey, which is a lifelong journey, and be healthy forever. That's my goal. And so that's why I've kind of really... Develop the programs that I've developed and do the podcasts and all the things that I do in the world is because I think that more people need to know about this information.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because it is out there, it is available. And I think it is our role. I've said this before in the podcast, I've said this before, in different speaking engagement, I think it is our mission our role as health professionals to first be health educators before disease fixers. So in reality, as physicians, we need to empower people, we need to educate them, because we have not that total and complete knowledge. But we do have that foundation to understand the research, to put two and two together and then help them apply them. Now, I want to talk to you about menopause and managing it. But before we get into that, let's go a little bit towards younger women as well, that I'm sure you've obviously seen a lot of them. What are your thoughts on this? And I don't know how recent it is or how modern this behavior is, but... There seems to be a tendency to prescribe birth control pills for everything when girls are like 12 and 11 and 12 and they start getting a little bit of acne and they're like, oh, just take the birth control. My wife, she was on birth control since she was 12, I think, because she had acne. And according to her, as far as you could remember, that was the only way that she could control both her acne and very painful periods. And then until we got together that I told her, you need to get off that, that she did that. But what are your thoughts on this tendency and this idea of prescribing so much?
2: Right. Well, it gets back to exactly what we've been talking about. So what they're kind of attempting to do is, well, they're saying that hormonal imbalance is a part of acne. So acne has to do with hormonal imbalance, a form of toxicity that usually comes from the gastrointestinal tract. So, usually it's a combination. So, usually all of the diseases from which we suffer are multifactorial. They're usually not one problem. So, the birth control pill will override the female hormonal system to a certain extent. And so it may decrease that symptom of acne. But the analogy I like to use is if the kids are hungry, and you give them a bag of Snickers to eat for dinner, just because they're not hungry anymore, was that the right thing to do? No. So it may control the symptom of acne, but it is causing hormonal disruptions that down the line, I universally find cause women problems in the long run. Even the literature would show that. So the younger women are when they're started on birth control pills. And if they're on them for over 10 years, their risk of breast cancer is increased. So what is that about? Birth control pills contain synthetic hormones. So they are different from what your body naturally has. So your body naturally has biologic types of estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. Well, birth control pills contain hormones that have been chemically altered to look different than your body's estrogen, look different than your body's progesterone. So that they sit on those receptors and they affect them in some beneficial ways. There have been some demonstrated benefits to being on birth control pills for a certain period of time, but they can cause problems. So hence the problem with some of the hormone replacement therapies where they found there's increased risk of breast cancer and other health problems. It's because they are dissimilar from what your body is naturally used to. To seeing. So you give a girl that, and it's like giving her Snickers for dinner. So she's not hungry anymore. She, her acne may go away. But what are you doing to her own sex hormones in the long run? And what nutrient deficiencies are you causing in her? So birth control pill is notorious for causing low thyroid function because of some of the nutrients that it depletes and the nutrient deficiencies that it causes so it's not uncommon to see women on birth control pill who are having energy problems weight problems because their thyroid is affected but it's not necessarily affected to the degree where they have a disease or dis-ease that a regular doctor is going to diagnose them as having hypothyroidism so i see girls all the time and they'll say well i'm weight. And I got on the pill and I'll say, well, we'll check your thyroid. And they'll say, no, my regular doctor checked it and said, it's fine. And I say, no, 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 you don't understand. And so there's really this re-education that has to happen that I have to explain the difference between the tests that they do and the tests that we do. The difference between what normal, quote unquote, from the lab means versus Optimal normal is not optimal just because you're in the normal range that the lab says, that just means that you are within 95% of the bell curve and you're not at the topmost 2.5% or the bottommost 2.5%. And there's a wide range of variety and you can have suboptimal function and be symptomatic, but still be quote unquote normal. And I say to people, I don't know about you, but do you want to be compared to 95% of the American population where 60% of us are overweight or obese and then be told you're optimally healthy? Or do you want to be compared to optimally healthy people who really should be in a very narrow range of? optimal function. And of course, everyone says, no, I want to be optimal. We all do. That's what we all want. But when we don't know that there's a difference, and we give blind trust to our medical system that they have our best interest at heart to function optimally, when nothing could be further from the truth, we don't know. So those young women on the birth control pills, I mean, when I practice regular OBGYN, I did that all day, every day. But when you know better, you do better. That's my favorite thing that Oprah says. So when you learn, that that's not the right thing to do. So those young women, they've got gut dysfunction and they also have hormonal imbalance. And a lot of that has to do with the toxins in our environment that are endocrine disruptors that are getting in to our food supply. They're in the plastics that we eat out of and the water bottles. They're in the crazy cosmetic scented products that we use, those artificial scents. They're everywhere. So they're coming in through our skin We're ingesting them or inhaling them. And they're disrupting these young girls' hormonal system. And so that's a huge part of it. And then they're also disrupting the normal flora, the microbiome in the gastrointestinal tract, which then allows abnormal bugs and funguses to grow. So that disrupts normal gut function. And then that's a part of the acne as well. So it's really every part affects every other part. And I call it the downward spiral. You know, what you eat affects your hormones. It affects your gut flora. It causes acne. And then it just is, and this it gives you all these
0: weird cravings. And now you're eating more sugar and
2: you're eating more sugar. And then that affects your cortisol. And then that throws your thyroid more off. And then you're craving more. And then you're eating processed foods. And, you know, our diet is huge with all of this. Sense. And so I'm really a proponent at no matter what age you are, 12, 25, 55, 80, address the root cause. And, you know, a little education goes a long way. I have had women bring their daughters to me in their preteens and teens with these types of problems and say the doctor wants to put her on a birth control pill and I'm not comfortable with that. And I say, good for you, mom. And they say, I know there has to be a cause and people are really waking up to this truth. The more of us that are out there talking about this. And they'll say, can we figure out? And we'll do hormone testing. And it's amazing. I've even seen adrenal fatigue now in teenagers. It's amazing. It's sobering. And it's such a wonderful opportunity for me to get to interact with that young woman when she's young, because she's going to be set for life with knowledge and tools that are going to help her stay out of that birth control, drug culture and stay healthy for life so we really try to address the root cause at whatever age you are
0: yeah that's great now let's get into menopause i find that i mean most women actually at some point will go through it but also most women don't fully understand what's happening so how do you address this topic with your patients how is it that you break it down for you how do you simplify this so that they can understand this
2: Right. So again, education goes a long way. And on one of my YouTube videos, I talk about basic, what is menopause? There's so much confusion among women. And for most of us now with a lifespan of about 82 years, we're going to spend the majority of our life in menopause. And so if you're going to be happy, vital and alive and well, you're going to need to understand what menopause is and is it something that needs to be treated? or not, and if so, how? And so I usually start by educating them about the entire reproductive system and how it functions. And I really wish that in our schools, health education included this type of information. It it doesn't usually.
0: Even the basics
2: even the basics, but the simple, I'll give the really quick down and dirty is you're born with a certain number of eggs, millions of them in your ovaries. And when you hit puberty and you start menstruating each month, you mature one dominant follicle, which could be fertilized and become a pregnancy each month, or maybe two if you're prone to twinning. And each month, many more thousands disintegrate just by age and living. And so this happens every single month when you are fertile. So somewhere in your preteens, teens, you become fertile and start maturing an egg each month as you age and your body starts having, I'll say, unaddressed oxidation and inflammation, because that's what causes aging. And that's what these root causes of disease are doing to your body. Your eggs start getting older and they don't function as well. And that usually happens by the time about 35. And that's why women are considered advanced maternal age at that point and their fertility levels start going down because the eggs just aren't as good quality. And it usually accelerates in the 40 to 50 range. So that's what's known as perimenopause. Peri means around, meno means menses, and pause means cessation or stopping. So you're in the perimenopause. And then that can last five, 10, 15 years. Average age of menopause in industrialized countries is about 51, meaning your period will completely stop. And it stops because you don't have any more eggs in your ovaries. So the technical definition requires you to not have a period for 12 months or more if you are not on hormonal contraception. And listeners will need to watch the YouTube video for here where I explain why that matters. So if you are not on birth control pills, have a hormonal IUD or implants, and you don't have a period for 12 months, generally that's defined as menopause. There are some blood tests that can diagnose you as being in menopause. And then what happens is your following or egg that you develop each month really is the source, main source of your main estrogen and your progesterone each month in your body. Other tissues in the body can make these hormones, but usually not to the degree that the ovaries do, particularly progesterone. And so you become in what I call a hormone deficient or hormone impoverished state. And that brings on a lot of symptoms because you have hormone receptors all over your body for these sex hormones, particularly concentrated in the central nervous system, in the brain. And so people think that these hormones are only about reproduction and only about sex drive and nothing could be further from the truth. Estrogen and progesterone, yes, you need them and they're for your fertility and your sex drive. But like I said, the majority of these receptors are in the central nervous system. Well, if you think about that, well, why is that? Because they have everything to do with how your brain functions. They have to do with your cognition, your memory, your mood. So if you want to maintain your cognition, memory, and mood in the kind of normal range in menopause, then you're probably going to need to do something because those receptors are going to be crying out for their hormones that they're not getting. And I'm not one who's going to say what's right for every woman. I think each woman is an individual and needs to be educated and discern what's right for her regarding hormones. But then your bones, your heart, all of your organs have receptors for these hormones. And so, So if you're in this hormone impoverished state and you're at 51 and you're going to live another 30 years, and I like to say half your life in menopause because the hormonal deficiency, that's one of my other videos, is about why it doesn't matter if you're in menopause or not. What matters is what are your hormone levels? And most of us start having declining hormone levels by the age of 35. So 35 to 82 is a long, long time to be hormonally impoverished and have your brain and all of your organs lacking the nutrients and the signals that they get from these hormones to not be optimally healthy.
0: And then you add another 20 years from age 15 that they start in birth control, right? So then you spend your entire life hormone impoverished.
2: Right. And that's the other thing about birth control is that it notoriously causes an imbalance and deficiency of your body's natural hormones. And so I could usually tell just by doing a pap smear and looking at a woman's labia, even if I didn't know that she had been on hormonal birth control or contraception for a significant period of time, if she didn't tell me that. When I look at her vulva and genitals, I could tell that because you would start to see oftentimes menopausal type changes in these women. So labial thinning and fusion of the labia, which you typically see in menopausal women. And if you check those women's hormones, so sometimes women would complain to me of having a low sex drive on the birth control pill or hormonal contraception. So I would check their hormone levels. And this is before I really even knew that this was a thing to do and it wasn't standard of care. And what I would be looking for, though, before I learned all the information I've learned subsequently is to see were they in a menopausal range and oftentimes their body's own hormones actually were in a menopausal range. Well, if you're 20 years old and you're on the birth control pill and your hormones are in a menopausal range, that's affecting you, whether you realize that or not. And so the way I would see is in their labia and in the vagina, you see these anatomic type changes. They'll sometimes have low sex drive. A lot of times have mood disorders, sleep disorders, and difficulty with orgasm and things like that. So yes, you're absolutely right that if you're on hormonal contraception, you could be in a pseudo-menopausal state and then you hit menopause and then you're in a menopausal state. It could be most of your life so i think that education is key and there is so much confusion and that's why i started my whole menopause boss youtube series and i launched my menopause boss virtual program to help educate people and help them to help themselves and give them the tools so they can start making choices to navigate to optimum health because if you're in this state and then you're 60, 65, 70, you're having the repercussions when nobody really told you. I don't know. That doesn't seem really fair to me. So I think that women deserve to have this information. Completely
0: agree. Now, before we wrap this episode up, normally I ask all of my guests to share their top two or three recommendations, actionable steps for people listening to this episode. So if somebody's listening to this episode and they realize that they're starting to hit menopause or that according to what you've just shared, they're getting to that age, what would be your top two or three recommendations for them to realize that, you know what, you can thrive and not only you can, but you should thrive and achieve health. What would those first two or three steps be?
2: So number one is to know where you are with your hormones. Know if you're in menopause or not and know what your hormone levels are. And if you are hormonally impoverished, get yourself educated so you can know about what that's doing to your body and what the long-term consequences are of that and what are your options for treatment so that you can make an informed decision. That would be number one. Number two is I like to call menopause the straw that broke the camel's back because most women are under the impression that when they're in midlife and they start having health problems, that it's about menopause and only about menopause and about their sex hormones. And I find that that's almost never the case. There typically were imbalances in those root causes that have been brewing and accruing at low levels for many years and many decades that weren't significant enough to send you screaming for someone like me to help you. And maybe you've had trouble sleeping for 10 years, and maybe even taking Ambien, and then you think you're fine because you're asleep with Ambien, so you're fine. Or maybe you've had this irritable bowel your whole life where you know every month or two, you just got crazy gas and rumbling and pain, and nobody, no doctor really has an answer for you, and you just kind of sweep it under the carpet because it's not killing you. Maybe they give you some medication to help when you have it. Or, you know, there's myriad things or you think, oh, I have diabetes and I have high blood pressure, but I'm on medication. I love it when I talk to patients and I say, do you have any medical problems? And they say no. And I say, oh, are you on any medications? And they say, oh, yeah, I'm on gliburide. I'm on metformin. I'm on lisinopril. And I say well, then you have medical problems, you have high blood pressure, and you have diabetes. And they say, No, but they're controlled, so I don't have any medical problems. And this drives me insane because you still have those medical problems, they are still harming you. <laughs> so, if you've had these things and they've been accruing over years, and then you've got to the menopausal range and you're having problems and symptoms. Menopause is the straw that broke the camel's back because that's the thing that sends you running to someone like me. And then I open up Pandora's box and I say, no, 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 it's, yes, it's about the hormonal changes. And it's also about all this crap that's been swept under the rug (laughs) and not addressed properly for the past 5, 10, 20, 30 or more years. So if this is you and you're listening, you need to find a practitioner who's going to help you unpack all those health issues and help you discover the root causes and address them so that you can help not only your menopausal hormonal symptoms, but you can help all of your health and create true vitality in your life. And number three, I would say is that all of the health problems that we have, I'd say without exception, one thing that most of us have in common is We have a cortisol problem. So cortisol is your stress hormone. It's made by your adrenals. You cannot live without it. If someone took your cortisol away, you would die. It regulates your sleep-wake cycle, your weight. It has everything to do with your mood and how your immune system functions. So whether you get cancer or not, whether you get the flu or not, whether you get any type of illness or not. I used to call it king cortisol, and then I... Realize, no, it's queen cortisol. I work with women and it really is the queen. All of us in this day and age have a cortisol problem. And cortisol is your stress hormone, like I said, three places you get problems, stressors in your life that cause you to have a cortisol problem. And that's mental, emotional, or psychosocial stressors. So when we think about stress, it's the stressful job, it's finances, it's health, it's relationships. But also there's chemical stress. So blood sugar, what you're eating, high glycemic load foods, and then also chemical stressors like inflammation coming from our gut, heavy metals, toxins in our environment. So the number three thing I would say is you got to get four-point salivary cortisol test and see where you are with your cortisol and do something to start addressing that. And one of the main things you can start doing, this would be a take-home today, is start doing some type of mindfulness or meditation technique even if you say I can't meditate, I can't sit down, my brain won't shut off. There's some great apps that are out there like Headspace and I like Insight Timer and they have these pre-recorded meditations on there. There are thousands of them. There's one for you too. Something on there is going to speak to you. Five minutes, you could start with a day and that will start addressing your cortisol.
0: Totally agree. Now, One quick question. Are these tests that people can just order or do they need to go see somebody before they can order them? How do they work?
2: You can find some online, some of the salivary hormone tests that you can just order yourself. I don't necessarily find that that's helpful because most people don't know what to do with it when they get the information. So I usually recommend that you find a practitioner you can work with who's educated and who can guide you through, one, the appropriate test to do because there are so many tests available. You want to make sure you're not wasting your time and your money to do the right test. So to get the right answer, you have to start with the right question. And finding a practitioner who can guide you to on what tests to do, and then who can guide you on how to manage the results and how to interpret the results. So I think it's great that these tests are sometimes available virtually for anyone. And yet, what I do find is I see a lot of people who tried to DIY their own health care and do these things themselves. And they're taking this supplement and that supplement. And I have people come to me with a shopping bag full of supplements and they've been on this path and they know that this is the right way, but they weren't willing to invest in themselves and didn't see their health as their most important valued investment. And so they're like, Oh, I'm just going to DIY. And they don't get the results that they really could be enjoying. And that, you know, well, you could have had these results three years ago. Whereas if you find someone who has the credentials and is knowledgeable, who can guide you, you can get where you want to be faster and more securely and usually in the end for a less cost. So that's usually what I recommend.
0: That's exactly what I wanted to get to. And the- The important question, where can people find out more about you? And you mentioned a lot of resources. I'll make sure to link those videos, but where else can people find out more about you and what you do?
2: Sure. They can look on my website, which is my name, and I'll spell it for you because it's got a little different spelling. It's K-Y-R-I-N, and then the last name Dunston, D-U-N-S-T-O-N-M-D.com. And then all my social media outlets are the same, Kieran Dunston, M-D, whether it's YouTube, or it's Twitter or Facebook, all Instagram at com.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I do want to acknowledge you not only for your generosity and spending time with us and sharing your knowledge and your expertise, but also for doing the work you do. I think it is incredibly necessary. I see so many women suffer through something that they shouldn't be suffering through for many reasons and being able to have someone like you not only come and share this with us but also help them on a larger scale is tremendously necessary and important so thank you so much for doing that
2: well thank you for what you're doing too getting the word out is key knowledge is power and you are empowering people so thank you for that
0: (laughs) i appreciate that Final question before we say goodbye. Did you have a good time here in the Highwood Health?
2: Absolutely. It's my favorite topic. And so there's nothing more than I enjoy than sitting down with a practitioner such as yourself who's passionate about helping people heal naturally or however they need to heal it's been wonderful. Thank you so much.
0: Awesome. That's been great. Thank you so much again for being here. For everyone listening to us, you have been listening to Dr. E and Dr. Kieran talk all about female health and menopause and everything else that has to do with women and thriving and health. I'll see you here next week.
1: Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health Show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to d-r-e dot show. Again, that's dr-e dot show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did dr karen is certainly a trove of knowledge and i am so so grateful that she agreed to join us and share her expertise with us one of the most shocking things about this conversation was learning that testing women's hormones is not standard of care and even when hormones are tested it is rarely done with the appropriate test or evaluated with the right parameters it completely blew my mind If your mind also exploded with listening to this episode, make sure to download this episode's cheat sheet so you know what tests are the correct ones to get and how to discuss it with your doctor. That is a printable PDF that will point your research in the right direction and it is completely free and available in the Highway to Health's Vault of Goodies. Remember that this vault is a completely free resource where you can find goodies related to pretty much every episode, some exclusive episodes which have not been released here, and many other things. Just head on over to doctoreshow forward slash goodies, that's dre.show forward slash goodies, and request free access. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Dr. Kieran Dunstan and Dr. E talk about integrative women's health. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you here next week. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.